New York City's biometric identifier information law. What does it mean for businesses and what does it mean for the customers who frequent them? And why are businesses collecting this data in the first place? Michael Gray from the Mintz Law Firm stops by to tell us all about it. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we've got a very important episode, also a scary one, uh, that delves into your personal privacy and whether or not your biometric information, that information that personally identifies you, is safe in the streets of New York City. So we're going to be talking about things like retina scans, fingerprints, and facial recognition, and why are businesses collecting this data in such large numbers in the Big Apple? We're going to discuss that plus much more. But first, we need to thank our sponsor, Noda. Noda is powered by M&T Bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IELTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Visit trustnota.com forward slash legal to learn more. And that's notice spelled N-O-T-A. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, let's get started by first welcoming our guest, Michael Grafe. He's a member of the law firm of Mintz, Levin, Cohn, Ferris, Glavsky, and Popeye. Welcome to the show, Michael. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Lawrence. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I uh, I came across your article. I thought it was really fascinating. There's actually two articles I found on National Law Review, and you co-authored them with your colleague, Cynthia J. LaRose. I started reading about it, and I, I knew, you know, we know about biometric information. I have an iPhone, and it gives you the option to, you know, log in via fingerprint or even facial recognition. But I did not realize it was so prolific in businesses in New York. And so I read it. I was fascinated by it. We've got to do a show on it. So thank you for joining us. And so let me, let me, open up with this question. I kind of hit it a little bit on the uh, opener, but uh, when we say biometric data in terms of some of these businesses that are included under this new law, uh, what are we talking about when we say biometric data? Yeah, Lawrence, that's a good question. I mean, we think of biometric data as fingerprints and facial recognition, but really it's anything that can identify you by measuring your physical characteristics. So voice recognition, how you walk, we said facial recognition and fingerprints, but iris scan, retina scan, anything like that, that is a way to identify you when you walk in a store so that they know who you are without you showing them any identification. You know, and I've been in New York City and we, we've gone to some uh, some locations, some law firms that obviously they take security very seriously. They want to know who's coming and going. But, uh, you know, in terms of that, how are these uh, how are these businesses gathering that kind of information? You go in, you want to go have a beer, you want to have some lunch. How are they gathering this information? So what what they can do, I mean, ultimately, for facial recognition purposes, they would have a closed circuit camera. Right. And they would. No, they would have some database that stores, say, their most important clients, say it was a luxury club, right? They would have some database that stores their most important clients' facial recognition features. So they will have had some human intervention to identify who are their most important clients by, you know, feeding the photo into the computer. And then when those clients walk into the club without even knowing that they're there, the camera will process their image and say, you know, and alert the staff that they are there. So that's just one example. But there has to be some database in the background, right, that has this information already stored. Right, right. And so 
Obviously, uh, New York, you know, city has recognized that uh, this is out there so much so that they they uh, went ahead and passed a law, the biometric identifier information law. And so now this requires businesses to do a couple things. One, it requires them not to share under certain circumstances, but also requires signage. So can you walk us through those two requirements of this law? So the requirements of the law are pretty straightforward. Any business that collects biometric information. so. If all it does is take pictures of the customers using its camera, then that's not the collection of biometric information. As long as it doesn't analyze that video in order to discern customers' facial recognition features, the business is exempt from the signage requirement. But if a business collects facial recognition or some other biometric information about the customer or its employees, then it is subject to the signage requirement. And New York City's Department of Consumer Affairs has given a suggested sign that companies are required to post conspicuously near the entrance for customers. And I'll just read you what their suggested sign is. And that is, it says biometric identifier information disclosure. This business collects, retains, converts, stores, or shares customers' biometric identifier information, which is information that can be used to identify or help identify you. Examples of biometric identifier information are eye scans and voice prints. Wow. So now this, I mean, is there a, a minimal size? Is there a color? You know, you've got like road signs and things like that. Is it just any kind of post? Like, uh, how does that work? Yeah. The language of the Biometric Identifier Act is clear and conspicuous the sign near the customer entrance. So that it's, it's kind of vague, but I would say it's a sign that can be read by anyone without using a magnifying glass. And it should be pretty readily apparent to a customer who's walking into the establishment or an employee that biometric um, identifier information is being collected. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but um, well, let's talk about the the sharing aspect of it. So I understand there's a restriction on sharing that data. So once that information, as you just described, is processed and uh, turned into something usable, where you can identify this particular, um, you know, customer, client, or um, or employee, you know, when are you not allowed to share it? So you're not allowed to exchange it for value under the law. So for example, if a business has collected facial recognition or voice print information about its customers or its employees, which it could do, for example, to prevent employees from punching in for another employee, right? That's, it's a security measure. So using biometric information, a company could guard against that. So if a business has done that, then it has sort of this database of biometric information about either its customers or its employees, and it's prohibited from selling that information or exchanging it for value. It is not prohibited from sharing it for free, interestingly. So one, one can imagine a situation where another business would want to have that information that one business collected and the business that collected it could monetize that information because it could be used for behavioral advertising purposes. So that's prohibited under the New York City law. But giving it away for without anything received in return is not prohibited. 
Okay, now we're we're not just talking about for like high security firms, like finance firms or like law firms or any place that's got, you know, some top secret uh, formula for whatever. This applies to kind of regular garden variety businesses in the city of New York. So what are those types of businesses that are specifically included in this law? So it is it is limited to the following types of businesses, food and drink establishments, places of entertainment like theaters, stadiums, amusement parks, concert venues, and retail stores. Now, financial institutions are exempt from the signage requirement, but not from the sharing requirement, prohibition, sharing for value prohibition. A financial institution, for example, could have pictures of individuals who have been known to defraud its bank and so when they walk in, the tellers could be alerted to the fact that that person is there, right? So there are good reasons for financial institutions to use it, use biometric identifier information, and not to have the signage requirement. So they are exempt from the signage requirement. But back to your question, those are the types of businesses that, that, that are subject to this law. But still, still pretty broad categories there, especially the city that never sleeps. So, you know, it's uh, you know that that's that's a lot of businesses, and um, they're all different sizes too. And that that was one of the the parts of your article that I appreciated was that it's not just these big businesses that have a lot of budget here; it's also uh, applicable to these smaller businesses. And so, getting getting around to that, you know, you mentioned that the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs is responsible for enforcing these regulations. So, what happens if a company or business out there just decides not to comply? What can possibly happen to them? Yes. Um, the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs could, in theory, enforce this. There are fines provided for, for a violation, damages of $500, it says. But for a reckless violation, damages of $5,000. So it's unclear what would be, what would be a, you know, a, a, a reckless violation. But it is the $5,000 is for the sharing uh, for value of any of the biometric information. The signage requirement fines are limited to $500. And interestingly, so that could be imposed by the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs. And interestingly, individuals such as you or me also have the right to bring a private lawsuit against any qualifying business that fails to abide by these regulations. However, there is a caveat there. So if a business that collects biometric information and you know it to be collecting biometric information doesn't have a sign, then you have to notify the business and give them 30 days to cure that. And if they do, then you cannot bring an action. But if they don't, then you have the right to bring an action and collect these $500 maximum, it appears, a penalty for the business's violation of the signage requirement. But if the business violates the sharing for value or selling requirement, you don't have to give them any notice and damages are up to $5,000. You could just bring a suit right away and collect that money in theory. All right. Well, just one last question for you there, Michael, just as a quick follow-up, you were talking about the the per violation there. Now, is that like per individual? Is that just, hey, we just, we've just been sharing this data, so it's the one time we got caught, we'll count that as the violation? Or is it for everybody whose information is shared? So if you've got like 10 customers whose information uh, was shared, that's 10 separate violations. 
I'm not sure if it's by customer. I would say that it's not. I would say every time that the data is shared for value, uh, sold or exchanged for value, that's a violation. So for example, if a big department store collects biometric information about its customers and then sells that information to another department store, for example, so that they could profit from it, then that's one violation. If it sells it to a second store or someone outside of its business so that they can profit from it, that's another violation. So I think each act of exchange or sale constitutes a violation. On the signage requirement, I guess every time um, you walk in and there's no sign, in theory, that's a violation. But that's hard to say that if you walk in 30 days in a row and there's no signs, that's 30 different violations. I would say that that's, that would be a little bit of a stretch. The signage requirement would seem to be a one-time thing. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation, although it scared me. Yes, it's been my pleasure, Lawrence. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please recommend the show to a friend or a colleague or even a perfect stranger. They might even thank you for it. And one more thank you to our sponsor, Noda. You can find them at trustnoda.com forward slash legal. And that's Noda spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never least, thank you to our team, producer Molly McDonough and our LTN audio crew for all their hard work. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Clitty. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 